0: Paper Flower Consortium, Episode 12, Home to a Vampire. Recording by Loretta Fabron-Foy, a former lady of the Kingdom of France and current historian and librarian of the Paperflower Consortium. Good evening, beloved initiates and other listeners. Tonight we shall discuss the importance of home to a vampire, and specifically explain the benefits of our coven. Though it is possible for a vampire to survive wandering from place to place. Most vampires need a safe place to lay their head each day, and the modern world makes that even more important. Now, some vampires do not wish to deal with an HOA, and that is understandable. However, many find benefits in living in a coven, and so I am going to explain them. Now many, even initiates, expect a vampire coven to be stuck in a perpetual Victorian age. Once again, thanks Dracula. But we have many modern amenities in our condo building. Admittedly, our building is a walk-up, as we splurge on air conditioning rather than an elevator. However, vampires get stronger as we age. So, as long as we remember to live with our legs rather than our backs, we can carry anything, or anyone, who needs to be carried up the stairs. Many enthralled humans come to the coven and spend their entire lives here, and for the less abled, we have installed a chairlift and manual freight lift. However, most of the time, vampires just carry people up and down the stairs, in times of illness, injury, or aging. Admittedly, sometimes human men struggle with this concept, and they do not want to accept assistance from their female, agender, pangender, or third-gender vampires, even though we are more than capable of carrying them. If the chairlift is busy, and when such things come up, Charles or one of his male offspring have often been available to step in and assist. Safety and security are always concerns of the vampire, both modern and ancient. And our building employs double brick firewalls and a fire suppression system. All windows have interior wood shutters, and as long as the vampire does not remove these shutters, homeowners may hang whatever curtains they like over them. Our HOA dues are a little higher than a comparable human building of our size without an elevator but they cover electrical, water, gas, garbage and recycling, hazard insurance and the maintenance of our building. And there are also many vampire friendly amenities as our re-education grant and Torpor Sanctum. Additionally, our Business Owners Association also covers 24-hour security of our building and the upkeep of our network. Our HOA works to ensure that we are always in line with current Washington State condo laws, Our HOA and Business Association financial documents are audited independently once a year. We schedule yearly maintenance as well as large building improvement projects using our reserve study as our guide. The Coven Building has always been open to everyone, as long as they're a vampire. And the Paperflower Consortium Credit Union offers long-term mortgages, some with century or longer terms, in order that all vampires who want to live in the coven can afford to do so. There is also no fee extensions for vampires who lose their employment or find themselves in another calamity. Vampires must overall feel safe at home in order to sleep the sleep of the dead and exist in health and general contentment and the coven tries to provide both in physical surroundings as well as society a place to do that. So tonight's story won't really quite be a story, instead it's more of a history about how our buildings were constructed over time. Agatha, Jacob, Pascaline, Charles and I were living in France when we decided we would eventually come to America. There was so much civil unrest and so many people starving. And, as many of you know, King Louis the Fourteenth was a spendthrift. We vampires knew the Kingdom of France would fall, though that didn't actually happen until Louis the Sixteenth. But, as you're well aware by now, vampires plan ahead. In the early eighteenth century, Charles journeyed to America, as it was easier for a man to travel alone at that point in time. He lived in the barrack of several forts of the Hudson Bay Company and save money, hoping to eventually set up housekeeping for the family. But as I have said before, he lost his earth and ran deep into the primordial forests. My heart was broken to lose word of him, but we waited as long as we could. Before France fell, we fled to England, where we would remain until we had the wealth to safely cross the Atlantic. Agatha Jacob Pascaline and I came with two men, Derek, who would obviously one day join us in undeath, and Luke, Jacob's elderly man-servant and enthralled human. We also had with us Luke's sheepdog, named Dash. She was very sweet and good-natured, and I believe we all miss her. We also brought with us three sheep. We ate them. We landed in Philadelphia, as it was a smaller port and easier to get through the border, and we set up housekeeping in a hotel, and tried to get our bearings in this new place. Derek and Jacob traveled briefly to New York to speak to the people at the Hudson Bay Company. They told the men that Charles was last seen outside Fort Vancouver, and so the family traveled there by train. We settled right outside the city, and thankfully we found Charles. I had mentioned before that Pascaline was our liaison, and when she would return home, she would tell us what was going on in the vampire world at large. Even back then, things were changing, and the old ways, the existence as an eternal predator, was dying. And it was during this time of education for Derek and rest for Charles that Agatha and Jacob began planning their eventual goals for our coven— We sought long-term stability for us. And on the business side of things, Jacob wished to offer long-term mortgages so vampires might exist happily. And he also wanted to ensure vampires had proper identification. In fact, we would be the first American coven to specialize in such things. Still, we had to be careful and plan where to go, and have secondary plans if that plan fell through. We moved into what is now known as Georgetown, and our first building was a dairy barn, constructed the year before, which we purchased from a family of dairy farmers. We split the large open space into rooms with woolen blankets. Now, this old barn is no more than remnants of wood which line our walls in the chapel. Still, this building holds a place in my heart. Show Alice and Walter were all reborn in this building though it is our sadness that Walter failed to thrive. The building was cozy and functional for most of our needs, but not quite warm enough in the winter for the enthralled humans. And so we built on this another larger building around the old barn. And this space is actually now the chapel and public parlor of the new building that we live in now. And we had gas lamps and a good well. We lived in this building for two decades. Still, we knew if we truly wanted to expand the coven to exist as people of the 20th century had begun existing, we would need to build even more. In 1906, we purchased the land for the dairy farmers and began construction on our third building, which had modern plumbing and bathtubs. It even had electricity and had our own rooms. This felt like such a luxury at the time. William was reborn in this building. And this building is the building which now houses the night owl. It goes without saying that the old electrical and plumbing systems have been replaced and brought up to code over the years. But the important thing is, the night owl still serves. Our current building's foundations, underground garage, sanctum, and first floor was started in 1935 and the first phase of construction went through 1937. Though we had lost some money in the great depression, the eldest vampires, Agatha, Jacob, Pascaline, and I were well-established enough financially that we were able to hire local contractors and keep them in work. Unfortunately, in thirty-eight, we heard the rumblings of war in Europe and had to build the roof over the structure that we already had. And when America joined the war efforts, work halted completely. As some of you who are more historically inclined may know, we hid several vampires of Japanese and German ancestry during World War II. In fact, we took any vampire who felt the need to hide as... The vampires really didn't know who the government was coming for, only that they were coming. These vampires went into an early torpor and slept in the safety of our sanctum under guard. Honestly, this helped the coven, as the vampires and guards' presence ensured the building wasn't scrapped for the war effort and ensured that rodents and other pests did not take it over. We knew this atrocity to U.S. citizens would end when the war did, and it did. Once the vampires in torpor had awoken and gone to their own covens, the work on our current building was restarted again in 1946 and completed in 47. William used this project to focus his pain after World War II, and he worked closely with our human architect to manage such an undertaking. Though the building does have a bit of a late Art Deco feel of its 1930s era on the outside and in the public rooms, the spacious apartments are decorated as the occupant decides. Some vampires love antiques or decorate from an early era, but there are plenty of vampires that like modern architecture. Now, there is one other major difference between a vampire coven and a regular human HOA. In the standard HOA, most condos are one vote per unit. However, in a coven, all vampires have a single vote in the HOA meetings. So families may choose what living arrangements work for them. And unlike in a standard condo building, there's the ability to sell back condos to the coven as a whole when a vampire's living arrangements change. There are two and three coffin room units to be purchased for vampires to live in. And each of these units have two bathrooms. There are also several studios and one-bedroom units to be purchased by vampires for their enthralled humans. And these units have one bath. Now, Charles and I have a larger three-coffin room unit and own two studios for enthralled humans. We have three enthralled humans total. One lives in our home and the other two live in the studios. Before they were married, Charles's sons, George and Michael, each had separate units. But when they were married, they sold their units back to the association and bought a large three-bedroom unit. And other families have different arrangements. Derek and Pascaline have two two two-coffin room units side by side because they can never agree how to decorate. And they also have one enthralled human studio, which houses Derek's thrall's aging mother. Though thralls have lived there in the past, Derek likes to keep his thrall close by. And single vampires make decisions which work best for them as well. Norma actually just owns a studio, and this keeps her membership with us, but she rents out that studio to any vampire who needs the extra space. Currently, Initiate Fern lives there, and she is also a member of the Business Association. But she also owns, and actually exists, in an off-site condo in a human building in the downtown core. This is mostly due to her love of dance halls, films, and live theater. Before the pandemic hit, she was out every week. And then, after the pandemic hit, she came home. Since, as I said, she is renting her studio to Fern, she is staying in her old room at Derek's side of Derek and Pasqueline's units. Though she has left the coven a few times to protest for human civil rights, she mostly has been running errands for the coven to ensure our enthralled humans' health and security. Honestly, in these troubled times, everyone is pleased to have Norma under our roof again. But honestly, it really helps Derek, especially, sleep better, knowing that Norma is in the next room, rather somewhere in a city, whose police department used tear gas on its own citizenry. Forgive me if that offends you, but I am documenting this year very closely, as it has been a hard one for us all, and no doubt we'll be bringing more people into the quiet vampire lifestyle once things open up again. And this leads me to the final benefit of the coven. On the night of the rebirths, coven vampires are offered a jar of earth from the bowels of the Paperflower Consortium. While we never want to part, if there ever is a reason which we do separate— this earth can remind us all of our history, our mistakes, and our triumphs. Sometimes families or lovers share earth, and I will be speaking more on how vampires use the earth next time, because the truth is, home is not just the buildings of this coven, but it is the people as well. And now, a word from our sponsor. Ladies, honored individuals, and gentlemen vampires. You may be forever the age you were at your turning, but that is no reason to neglect your skincare routine. To help you look and smell your best in eternity, Sirens of the Salish Sea produce perfume, skin-nourishing soaps, and lotions. Using all-natural sea salt, non-invasive species of kelp, cedar, berries, and grasses, held together in delightful amalgamations of discarded sea serpent scales and the blood of careless sailors, which are collected, manufactured, and bottled in our own local sea and shorelines. Our main store is open every day. And our satellite store in the Paperfly Consortium, Suite East B, is run by Vampire Staff and open every night, 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. Come on by. And now, it's time for questions. Lady Loretta, this building is almost 90 years old. Is there plans to replace it, and how does that affect mortgages? No. Though it is a vintage building, it has been well-maintained and systematically upgraded to remain in code and in good working order. So there is no plans to replace it, nor does it affect mortgages in any way. Also, land is not available in the area as it once was, so when it comes time to replace it, it is likely we will have to replace the night owl first, and even then, build skyward. Lady Loretta, if one bites into the coven but wants to renovate their condominium right away, how do we do that? The HOA regulations, which govern renovations, are under Section J, Rules 5-10. through 10. Basically, you have to have a licensed contractor to do the work and submit your plans to Agatha and Jacob, who will ensure you are not impeding your neighbors' quiet enjoyment of their homes, and then you must notify your neighbors in a timely manner. Obviously, if you're doing major renovations, you need a legal permit to do so. Most human contractors don't want to mess with vampires, so we have a list of vampire and other supernatural contractors who we have never had any real issue with during renovations. The only delay that I actually remember offhand is one time a homeowner was asked to use a higher rated soundproofing layer under their new floors rather than the one her contractor regularly used. But that actually only added about $100 to the entire budget and did not cause any delays. So that's tonight's lesson. Next time I will be discussing why Earth is so important to the vampire and tell a story of two vampires contrasting how they use their Earth. Good day, beloved initiates, and sleep the sleep of the dead. The Paperflower Consortium was written and performed by Elizabeth Gazzetti, and you can learn more at patreon.com slash paperflowerconsortium. If you have a question for Lady Loretta, please send her a message, either on the Patreon or at info at If you love this podcast, please like and share this episode, or consider donating it, either one time or through the Patreon. Or help this podcast another way by reading one of the Paper Flower Consortium books. If you like gothic horror, Agatha's story is told in Honor Among Vampires. If cozy mysteries are more your jam, then check out Norma's Cleaning Service Mysteries. The amazing intro and outro music was written by Evan Witt, and you can learn more about his music at www.wittynotes.com. Thanks for listening.